Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. You and I, not just vocational Christian employees of some mission organization or some church, all of us are ambassadors. We are representatives of the King. We have been left on this foreign outpost called Planet Earth to deliver His message to the world. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. In the present moment, things like saving for retirement or trying to get that promotion or helping the kids excel in school seem really high up on the importance list. But will any of these things really make a difference in eternity? Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress encourages us to live our lives according to God's eternal purpose. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. We call this program Pathway to Victory because we want to guide you in experiencing the fullness and satisfaction that comes from following God. But in the midst of life's day-to-day battles, I think many of us feel a little more like a victim than a victor. And that's exactly how Satan wants you to feel. You see, our enemy is the master of discouragement and defeat. But if you will put on the full armor of God, Satan doesn't have a prayer against you. That's the topic of my best-selling book called The Divine Defense. In Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul outlined six essential pieces of spiritual armor that every Christian must wear for protection. My book will teach you how to use each of these tools effectively in order to obtain the spiritual victory you long for. A copy of my book, The Divine Defense, is yours this month when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. Now, in addition to the book, I've prepared an easy reference tool called Equipped for Battle, and it's designed to remind you of the spiritual weapons God has given you to conquer any spiritual battle. A copy of the Equipped for Battle brochure is my gift to you simply for contacting us at ptv.org. I'll say more about these resources later. But right now, let's get started with today's study. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6 for a message I've titled, Booting Up for Service. The famed evangelist uh, D.L. Moody was walking down the streets of Chicago one morning when he confronted a stranger. He said, sir, are you a Christian? The man growled and he said, mind your own business. To which Moody replied, this is my business. You know, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with unbelievers is not just the business of vocational evangelists. It's your business and it's my business. The reason he has left us on this foreign outpost called planet Earth is so that we can introduce people to the gospel. And that's what we've been talking about these last several weeks as we've looked at the third piece of spiritual armor that Paul tells us to put on in Ephesians chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. 
Paul talks about the importance of having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we said that's talking about putting on the right spiritual boots to go into spiritual warfare. Specifically, the boots of the gospel of peace is both our ability and our willingness to share the gospel message with other people. How does that help us? Well, it gives us stability in our life, just like the boot gave the Roman soldier stability. It protects us from our enemy. It provides fulfillment in our lives. Last time we talked about three specific ways that making God's business your business, your purpose in life can protect you from Satan's attacks. You see, when you start refocusing your life off of yourself and onto God, when you make his business your business, it helps you in making three key choices in your life that will keep you from the traps of the evil one. We talked about how it will help you choose purity over immorality in your life. How it will help you choose generosity over greed. How making God's business your business will help you choose diligence over aimlessness in life. You can avoid Satan's pitfalls in your life by focusing on God's business, making his business your business. Well, maybe you would say, well, pastor, I agree that the purpose of my life needs to be shifted. It needs to focus on what God has left me here to do. But exactly how do I do that? How do I make God's business my business? Well, this morning, we're going to talk about four essential components for booting up for service. How to make God's business your business. You know, if you are ever going to be faithful in doing what God has called you to do, First of all, there has to be a conviction of people's need for Christ. You will never risk sharing the gospel of Christ with an unbeliever until you are absolutely convicted that apart from Christ, that person will spend eternity in hell. The fact is, most people today don't really believe that. Most people today don't really believe that apart from faith in Christ, people are destined to spend eternity separated from God. Most Christians do not believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. In fact, a recent Pew Research poll indicated that 57% of evangelical Christians say there is more than one way to God other than faith in Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? 57% of people believe that yes, and these are Christians, 57% say yes, God would like for people to trust in Christ. He wishes people would trust in Christ. He hopes people will one day trust in Christ. But in the end, God certainly is not going to send anybody to hell because they don't believe the right way. If you accept that, If you are one of those 57% who believe there's another way to God other than faith in Jesus Christ, what you're really saying is Jesus Christ was lying, or at least he was exaggerating, when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Folks, you will never make God's business your business. You will never have your sole aim in life to lead people to Christ unless you are absolutely convicted that apart from Christ, that friend, that neighbor, that child that sits across the breakfast table from you every morning is going to spend eternity in hell without Christ. 
To make God's business our business, we have to, first of all, be convicted of people's need for Christ. And secondly, we have to be, uh, have the confidence in God's power to save. If we're going to put on these boots of the preparation of the gospel of peace, there has to be a confidence in God's power to save. You know, when you really believe that people are lost, will perish for all eternity without Christ, it will give you a new sort of confidence in sharing your faith with people. There'll be a sense of urgency in your life. You'll have the confidence, the urgency, uh, like a firefighter who barges into a burning building in order to rescue people who are in danger of perishing. Now, that's true. There ought to be an urgency, but that analogy breaks down in one key point. The fact is, it doesn't matter how loudly you yell. It doesn't matter how persuasively you speak. It doesn't matter how frequently you share the gospel with somebody. The truth is, you and I cannot save anyone. We cannot awaken somebody who is spiritually dead and make them spiritually alive. Only God can give people both the desire and the ability to trust in Christ. In John 6, Jesus said, No man comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. No man can suddenly wake up on his own one day and say, You know what? I think I'd like to become a Christian today. It doesn't work that way. We are not just asleep spiritually. The Bible says we are dead spiritually. It is God himself who has to do the work of regeneration. The fact is, we have been given the mandate to share the gospel with everyone. And God in his power saves some. The Bible says, unless we're convinced that God is the one who has the power to save, we are not going to try to share the gospel with people. And you know, when you realize that, When you realize that uh, God is the one who saves people, it takes a lot of the pressure off of you in evangelism. When you realize it really doesn't depend upon my ability, doesn't depend on my persuasiveness, it doesn't depend upon my rhetorical skill, all it depends upon is the power of God using my faithfulness in sharing the message. Man, that takes the pressure off. All I'm to do is to share the gospel and leave the results to God. A confidence in God's power to save. There's a third prerequisite for sharing the gospel of Christ with other people effectively. And that is there needs to be a consideration of a person's level of interest in the gospel. A consideration of the person you're talking to, his interest in the gospel. Many people, many Christians have been trained in what has been called confrontational evangelism. I like to call it dump truck evangelism. And maybe you've been trained in that way. It's where you go to a 20-week or a one-year evangelism training course, and you learn all of these points and 100 Bible verses to share, a 30-minute presentation, and uh, you got all this stuff in your head, and then they tell you, okay, you're out on your own now. You know, out you go to go share the gospel. And so you look for some unsuspecting soul out there. You scour the landscape looking for a victim with whom you can share your stuff. And when you find somebody who's polite enough to sit down and listen to you, here you go. You dump it all on him, the whole load. That's dump truck evangelism. 
Just dumping your load on the unsuspecting person. Now, we hear a few success stories every now and then, but usually that approach is very, very ineffective. What's wrong with dump truck, confrontational evangelism? Here's what's wrong with it. It fails to take into account the person's uh, responsiveness to the gospel. You know, in Luke chapter 8, remember the parable Jesus told about the four different types of soil, the four different conditions of the human heart? Jesus was answering the question, why is it that everybody who hears the gospel doesn't respond to the gospel? It's the same message. Why do some people respond and others don't? Have you ever wondered about that? Why is it, parents, even in your own home, you can share the same truths with your children, different children. They've been reared in the same environment, yet some respond to the gospel message, others don't. Why is that? Jesus said it's due to the condition of the human heart. It's a human heart's condition that determines their receptivity to the gospel message. Uh, Jesus calls it the good soil. Remember what he said in Luke 8, 15? He said, but the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Only a heart that is open and receptive will respond to the gospel. Fact is, many people, many unbelievers have rejected the Christian message not because of the offensiveness of the gospel, but because of the offensiveness of Christians. There needs to be a consideration of the level of interest in the person to whom you're speaking. There's a fourth important principle for sharing the gospel effectively, and that is a comprehension of the message. A comprehension. We have to understand the message that we're sharing. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is such a key passage of Scripture for all of us to understand our purpose, our reason for existence. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 18 to 20. Paul says, now all these things, he's talking about the gospel, are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he gave us... The ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us that word, that message of reconciliation. Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now what Paul is saying is you and I, not just vocational Christian employees of some mission organization or some church, all of us are ambassadors. We are representatives of the king. We have been left on this foreign outpost called planet earth to deliver his message to the world. What is that message? Here is the message we're to deliver to the world. He's given us the message of reconciliation. He said we are to announce to the world that even though God is a holy and just God, He is willing to forgive people of their trespasses, their sins, if they will turn to faith in Jesus Christ. And God has committed to us. He has entrusted to you and me that word, that ministry, that message of reconciliation. 
You see, the job of an ambassador was not to make up the message himself. The ambassador did not formulate the message. He simply delivered the message on behalf of the king. What is the message that you and I are to deliver to unbelievers? I want to give you a crash course on evangelism, okay? Because I'm going to share with you in the next 10 minutes four essential truths that make up this ministry of reconciliation. This word of reconciliation that God has given you the responsibility to share with other people. God said, I'm depending on you. I've given you the message. I've entrusted it to you. It's your responsibility. Do you know what the message is? If not, let me share with you four parts of this message that have to be communicated on God's behalf. Remember, God is begging other people, pleading with other people to be saved, and he's doing it through you. First of all, all of us have sinned. When I'm sharing the gospel, I say, you know, I'm glad you want to know how to become a Christian. To become a Christian, there are four things you have to know and believe with all of your heart. The first thing is that all of us have sinned. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, all of us have sinned and we've come short of the glory of God. The second point that I tell people is we deserve to be punished for our sins. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. You know, uh, in our legal system, I'll say to people, if you break a law, there's a consequence to breaking the law. If you're found guilty of theft, the result is incarceration. If you're found guilty of murder, the result can be the electric chair. But disobedience has its consequences. And it's the same way in God's system of justice. The Bible says because we have broken God's law, there is a sentence that's been executed against us. We deserve death. The wages, the punishment of sin is death. But the good news of the gospel, and this is the third point, is that Christ died for our sins. And this is the essence of the gospel message. Christ died for our sins. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his love for us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When Jesus, the perfect son of God, died on the cross, in some inexplicable way, he took the punishment from God that you and I deserve for our sins. The Bible says God is both the judge and he is the justifier. Yes, God has declared us guilty before him. We're all guilty. And yet God in his mercy, because he loves us, he stood up. He took off his heavenly robe. He came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And when he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins. Now, the fact is you can believe all three of those things that you've sinned, that you deserve to be punished for your sins, that Christ died for your sins, and still be separated from God. There's a fourth thing that you have to believe with all of your heart, and that is we must individually receive God's gift of forgiveness. We must individually receive God's gift of forgiveness. You see, a gift is not really a gift unless it's received. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to those who believe on his name. You have to receive the gift of forgiveness for it to do you any good. And when I've finished saying that, I say to the person, Do you understand what I've been sharing with you? 
If they say, no, I, I have a question, then I, I ask, answer their question. No, no need proceeding if they have an unanswered question in their mind. But if they say, yes, I think I understand, then I ask them the question, would you like to receive God's gift of forgiveness in your life right now? And many times they'll say, yes, I would. Sometimes they'll say, no, I'd like to think about it. Then you can just say, well, thank you very much. I'm always available. Here's my telephone number if you'd like to call me. And let me pray for you right now. But if they say, yes, I would like to receive God's gift of forgiveness, then I say, well, I want to invite you to pray with me right now. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me to God. And I go through a prayer like I will in a few moments during our invitation time. You know, there are a lot of things I love about my job. I really, I love everything I do. I, I get up in the morning excited about what I do. I love studying for messages. I love preaching messages. But I'll tell you what, honestly, there is nothing I enjoy more than sitting down with somebody one-on-one, sharing with them the message that I've just shared with you, Realizing that I'm nothing but God's mouthpiece delivering his message. And then seeing somebody who was spiritually dead coming to spiritual life. Because every time it happens, every time it happens, I say to myself, this is what I was created for. This is why I'm here. Folks, that's a joy that hasn't only been reserved for pastors and evangelists. It's a joy God wants you to experience as well. A century ago, J. Campbell White said, most people are not satisfied with the permanent output of their lives. Nothing can wholly satisfy the life of Christ within his followers except the adoption of Christ's purpose toward the world that he came to redeem. Fame, pleasure, and riches are but husks and ashes in contrast with the boundless and abiding joy of working with God for the fulfillment of his eternal plans. The people who are putting everything into Christ's undertakings are getting out of life its sweetest and most priceless reward. Are you ready to start getting out of life what God intended you to experience? Today, God is inviting you to start booting up for service by making His purpose your purpose. And I can promise you on the authority of the Bible and through my personal experience as well, when we make God's purpose our purpose, we will taste the greatest reward in all of life. Well, we're approaching the end of our August teaching series called The Divine Defense, and you still have time to request the materials I've prepared for you before the deadline this coming Monday. The first is my best-selling book titled The Divine Defense. Satan may be a formidable foe, but if you know how to use the armor of God, then you have nothing to fear. In my book, I describe how you can arm yourself against Satan's attacks and experience real spiritual victory. And a copy is yours when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. 
Let me also remind you that this coming April 25th through May 5th, we're taking our long-awaited Pathway to Victory Bible Prophecy Tour of Israel. We're going to visit some of the prime sites in Israel related to Bible prophecy and the second coming of Jesus Christ. To find out more about the tour, review the itinerary, and take advantage of the early bird discount before September 30th, go to ptv.org. Thank you so much for investing in the global ministry of Pathway to Victory. Your gifts are truly making a difference as we prepare men and women all around the world for spiritual battle. In fact, I'm pleased to tell you that God is raising up warriors like you who have come alongside Pathway to Victory during this challenging time in our nation's history. God has chosen to use people like you to help Pathway to Victory to expand God's kingdom. So, Keep up the good work, and thank you so much for your continued generosity. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. To request your copy of Dr. Jeffress's best-selling book on defeating Satan's plan for your destruction, contact Pathway to Victory today with a generous gift. Again, the book is called The Divine Defense and, as an added bonus, will also include the exclusive quick reference tool called Equipped for Battle. Call 866-999-2965, or even easier, simply go online to ptv.org. Now, if your gift is $75 or more, you're also welcome to request the complete CD and DVD teaching set for this month's study. It's also called The Divine Defense. This offer won't be available for much longer, though, so give us a call today. These two resources can be yours when you call 866-999-2965, or go to ptv.org. You know, a lot of listeners prefer to write. If that sounds like you, here's the address. P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. That's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. Join us again next time for an empowering message on using the shield of faith to deflect Satan's attacks. That's Wednesday, here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.